and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, back with you once again here on the Al Sports Podcast Network, and um, I'm coming to you today uh, full of a big old mixed bag of emotions. Um, of course, I am recording this on. Uh, by plus visibility day, by plus awareness day, uh, the culmination of the traditional by plus awareness week, um, and of course that brings me a lot of joy because we get to highlight um, we get to highlight by plus identities um, in a way that doesn't happen on the regular, and it's a very powerful uh, period of time, very powerful day, but um, obviously. There have been a number of other things that have um, impacted some of the um, joy that is traditionally associated with with this day. Um, so of course, you know, sadness from learning of the the passing of Road Warrior Animal um, earlier today, as well uh, earlier Wednesday, or um, and of course, uh, you know, the passing of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was um, fairly. Um, devastating and um, shaking in a lot of ways and of course um, a uh, overwhelming yet unshocking amount of anger frustration and um, just unbridled unacceptance with um everything coming out of Louisville right now following the decision to um, really not serve any kind of justice uh, for the killing of Breonna Taylor. Um, As I speak, I know there are still protests happening across this country. Uh, They've been sparked up again, you know, um, and like we talked about back in June here on this show, um, or even last week when we had Russell back on, uh, we touched on this a little bit, um, as well, you know, these these movements, um, the push for, for racial equity in this country is, is a um, it's a cause that has always persisted, um, continues to persist, and will keep on happening, and will keep on continuing until these issues um, are rightfully addressed. And seeing what happened today, honestly, makes it fairly hard to really feel like talking about wrestling in any context is um important i would say i that does not mean that uh the issues that like these these intersectional issues um such as you know racial equity and and queer visibility bi visibility pan visibility um aren't conversations that need to be had. And, um, you know, th- those are conversations that we have on this show and we, we will continue to do so. Um, continuing this week, actually, because we are, uh, of course, continuing our Bi Plus Awareness Month on the show with a guest that um, I, I was really happy to have a chance to sit down with, uh, all that Keita Murray, um, a wrestler who, you know, from the Electric City to the City of Angels is uh, taking uh, his own brand of, uh, I guess, n- Nickelodeon 90s nostalgia now mixed with um, un- 
unabashed bisexuality, the bisexual king himself, uh, the key to your heart. So many nicknames for for Keita Murray, but um, you know, conversations like the one that that Keita and I had are, and um, I, I'll be frank, conversations like I've had with all of my guests are why um, the only reason why wrestling even fucking matters this week, um, because the people within wrestling have stories that transcend what happens in the ring. Um, and, and knowing those stories and knowing these people make, um, wrestling matter so much more than any, uh, of the stellar action from the pure tournament to the G1. I'm not even talking about the G1 right now because it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter, but, this conversation with Kita, what's happening in our country right now, those things matter. These issues matter, and um, we'll continue to, to do that on this show uh, as long as I have this microphone here. Um, but for this week, what we can do for that cause is to uh, bring on Kita Murray and have a frank discussion around uh, Bi Plus Identities in Pro Wrestling and his experiences and I, I, it was a treat. So I actually, for before anything else happened today, uh, I grabbed an orange soda because it felt right. So I'm going to crack this orange soda and we're going to get to our conversation with Keita Murray here in LGBT in the ring. What's up guys, gals and non-binary pals. Welcome back to LGBT in the ring. And we are continuing our Bi Plus Awareness Month here on the show with uh, another awesome bi-identifying guest. Um, he's made his name in uh, California on the West Coast as well as a little bit on the East Coast as well. Um, but he is making his debut on LGBT in the ring here today. Um, the key to your heart. All of that, Keita Murray. How you doing, Keita? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Um, I am just trying to not pay attention to the smoke outside of by a window. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I imagine. That smoke is horrendous up there, I, I saw. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. But it's 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 all right. You know, we'll 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 get through it. We persevere. We persevere. Yeah. So, yeah. um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm excited to have you on the show because, like, obviously, we're focusing on on bi plus identities, um, this month on on the show, and you have been one of the more um out front uh bi plus identities within pro wrestling. I would say, especially with the the rise of LGBTQ identities within pro wrestling. And I wanted to talk to you about your experiences like, and like what brought you to the ring. But before we get into all that, I do want to check in with you. I like to check in with my guests here. How have you been doing amidst the, the pandemic with everything? How's, how has uh, wrestling been going for you? Have you been um, dealing with everything around it? Oh, man. Life has been a little wild. Uh, so just been working mostly as I can, uh, doing, you know, as far as a shoot job, um, I am a bud tender at the moment. So I work at a dispensary and uh -oh. I do that, uh, when I'm not wrestling. So I'm grateful to have that at this time, but wrestling wise, I was able to go back and do something in Pennsylvania with my best friend, taxi partner and record a match that's soon to be out. Um, that happened about a month ago. So 
that match should be out shortly. And that's about the only wrestling I have done since this whole pandemic. And, uh, you know, seeing places are starting to have wrestling back is starting to make this a little bit more worse than I originally felt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could I can imagine I can imagine especially like since most of that stuff is happening on the east coast and like I, I know I've been I've spoken with a few people that have gone to events like as fans and that sort of thing and just hearing their their experiences like they haven't gone to anything in six months and like that being like just feeling so cathartic in a way to just be in the crowd at a show much less in the ring at a show so i i can only assume that that you're chomping at the bit to to get back to everything once it's safe to do so yeah definitely uh, waiting for that moment soon enough it will be back for i don't know when in la at least yeah because i mean I, i've noticed that you've been doing a, a lot in LA and California and just kind of on the West coast in, in recent years. But uh, I want to go back to the very beginning with you because like anybody that steps into the ring, they have a moment where pro wrestling hooks you. Um, and I'm curious to know when did, uh, when did you first discover pro wrestling and when did it become something that you like realized you were very passionate about? Um, when I was young, I, I don't remember exactly when, but I've always had memories of watching wrestling with my, like, brother or just in my family. Just, it was around. Um, but then I was interested, always intrigued by it. But then a couple of friends of mine were doing wrestling, you know, just like, you know, doing wrestling, like backyard wrestling type of stuff. So then I was just like, okay, sweet. Like, my brother is doing it. I, he brought me along, and then from there, we would do it. But we were, uh, you know, we didn't have our own characters. We kind of uh, reenacted our favorite characters. So uh, that's what we would do. And just from then, like, I kind of knew that's what I wanted to do always, you know. Like, that's when I was hooked. Like, and at the same time, I was watching wrestling. So, you know, watching and then doing it, seeing them do it and doing it, it just made it seem like I wanted to do it. That's how. That's all. Like right then and there, I was like, "All right, that's it." <laughs> so it just kind of just like sucked you in automatically. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. yeah. So was there were yeah. there any particular uh, personalities that that did it for you that that kind of fostered that yeah. that love? Um, there was uh, when I was younger, I loved Matt Hardy. Um, I also because ah. I love the Hardy Boys. I loved Matt Hardy. I was a big uh, Chris Jericho fan. I was also a big fan of uh, The Rock as well. So those three people were like big influential people and like watching growing up. Yeah, I was just like, those are characters that, you know, I like to play off now. <laughs> was there anything particularly about those characters that, that drew you to them? Like what what, char- what um, qualities like played it for you there? With Matt Hardy, I always just enjoyed because everyone was just like, oh, it's always about Jeff. So I was just, I was always intrigued about how Matt was always the, uh, you know, like not the crazy how flying one, but also was athletic always. So so it was just like, all right, cool. Like that's the one that I know I could relate to because being young, I knew I was in a daredevil or a crazy person. I was just like, okay, if I'm athletic, I could do this and that's it. Um, So like, (laughs) I was just uh, related to Matt Hardy in that way. So like, 
when my the Hardy Boys were one of my were my favorites. So between the two, I would always go with Matt. And that was kind of I would say early on hipster. You know, everyone loved Jeff, so I thought it would be a cool thing to like Matt too. So it was kind of that too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little contrarianism. I've been exactly. accused of that many exactly. times. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then exactly. <laughs> so how did those how did you adapt the those uh qualities that you saw in like Chris Jericho, Matt Hardy, um and The Rock into like backyard stuff? It's like a lot of a lot of people that, that do backyard wrestling, like it is a lot of like amalgamations of characters that you like yeah. on yeah. televised wrestling. Um how did you kind of like bring that into like the backyard scene for yourself and how did that kind of lead you to discovering your own your own character well we kind of um we would portray each one so i would actually portray matt party and like i would my friends would portray chris jericho or we had like someone portraying kane or the undertaker or even my brother was rhino you know um but what was cool about it um, at first, we would try to act like them as to whatever they were doing right then and there on TV. So it's kind of us, you know, reenacting what we were watching, but at the same time, kind of evolved into his own thing. So, like, with our own little, like, as Matt Hardy, I would then, you know, be something else, or be a dark entity of a Matt Hardy, or like, I was a heel and I'll be a little sneaky, like, like during the version one era of Matt Hardy, that's a lot where um, I was getting a lot of, you know, stuff to cling on to. Like his friend, he was doing the losing the weight for the Cruiserweight Championship and the whole version one. That stuff I actually used now. Like he was always the tough guy, but he was the tough guy in the Cruiserweight position. You know what I mean? But when he like wrestling or like you go to 2003 when you put him in there with Brock Lesnar, you know, he's going to stand up to Brock Lesnar, slap him in the face, talk some shit. But then he's also going to cower away. You know what I mean? Like, or he's going to get his ass beat, but he's also going to, you know, find an advantage to get the upper hand no matter where in the match. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's it's always interesting to see, like, different routes that characters take. And, and especially whenever you're able to to reinvent yourself in that way. So it's it's interesting to see, like, you following the the developments there with the character and kind of implementing that into like yeah. your idea of the character as well. Just like the whole air, I'm sorry, like the whole arrogance of characters. I like to bring that to my character now. So like it's a lot of you know clinging, going back to um, you know my past and just trying to bring it out to now, like what I do now as a professional wrestler and mm-hmm. use that as my characters now. At first, when I was doing professional wrestling, that's something that I forgot to do was to go back and you know do what I did and back in the day that stuff would help me um I felt like I was trying to be someone completely else you know so that's just something that I've you know started recently trying to do is going back to the days where I was doing the backyard wrestling and I was comfortable being who I was you know and not trying to be something else was there a particular reason why you kind of early in in your wrestling career were trying to be like a different a different idea of what uh, Keita Murray is, was as opposed to what he is now? Yeah, I would say a lot of it would have to be with what my trainers told me or the people that I was around. Um, mm-hmm. It is important, like they say, uh, surround yourself with people you want to be around. But I'm not saying anything bad, but I'm just saying, like, um, as far as I had ideas where, you know, 
I thought would be good. I brought it up to my trainer and he was like, didn't say, no, nah, I don't think that's good. And then it's like, I'm doing this five years later. I'm like, that idea, I should have done it. You know what I mean? Or I shouldn't have been so, I, I should have just said, fuck it. Why did, you know, like nowadays, I'm sorry for the language. I don't know if that's. Uh, oh, no, you're fine. We're, we're, we're good. All right, cool. But, uh, cool, cool. But so nowadays, I feel like a lot of young wrestlers don't really care. Not don't care for what others say, but they're going to do things their own way. So I feel like I should have done that or take my own advice now back then, you know, just do things how I wanted to mm. and just be me instead of trying to be who I thought people would like as a face character or as a heel character. What do you think has contributed to that change in attitude um, that we've seen like recently? Like, like you speak to people just not really caring too much or not caring, but like putting themselves out there in a way that they want to be and, and making choices for themselves that maybe other people might have swayed them away from in the past. It was with experience, you know, with experience. That's what being in this wrestling for wrestling for so long, like five years and then kind of seeing how people are coming in after me, you know, break out and get their opportunities and things like that. Even though I've, you know, I had a shot once or twice, but, you know, there are people out there who are just taking wrestling into their own hands and just doing things their own way. Or, you know, they were doing things for a long time a certain way and then just switched it up. And then from then on, that's how they blew up, you know. And, like, um, one person I like to say is, like, Warhorse is, like, one person who completely reinvented himself and, you know, complete is now a name that we could talk about here and now, you know. Yeah, definitely. I had like Warhorse, guys like Effie, guys like Orange Cassidy, yeah. Alley yeah. Cat. Like so many people were like just yeah. just taking their own definition of who they are and and putting it out there and just saying, you know, accept it or not. Like this is who I, this is what it is. This is who I am, and it's, and enough people are going to like it. Like what? Exactly. what yeah. What do you What do you think has contributed to that mindset to or like that for for like these people? that are that are having like warhorse let's say wars for instance what do you think has led to to him being able to feel more comfortable making that decision for um for himself or any of these other people that are basically bucking the the trend in a a way in pro wrestling right now i would say um bitterness probably and as well as like hustle and motivation to be something um because I think that's where we all get up to a point where we're wondering why isn't this working or why are we doing what we or why are we reaching the potential that we know we can have, you know? So I think that's where it comes from a lot of the times where these people have. I would love to speak to them and ask them, you know, as well, see if I could get some insight as to what helped them to do that. But like coming from the outside perspective of that and going through the changes and going through the thought process currently, I would say like bitterness and uh, not being anywhere, also just not giving a fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I could definitely see all of those factoring in there. Um, yeah, like yeah. someone like Orange Cassidy was someone like I've met him. I've actually wrestled Orange Cassidy as his prior, uh, as his prior gimmick, mm-hmm. as him, uh, from Chikara, and like. Seeing him then and seeing him now is just completely like, all right, this guy really just said, fuck it. I'm going to do what I know what I could do. And he's at where he's at now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's ultimately betting on yourself. Yeah, in that exactly. Way. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And obviously, like, you had to do that to even step into the ring in, a, in the first place. I'm curious, um, whenever the backyard wrestling translated to, okay, I want to get in the ring for real for you. Like, what, what was that um, process like for you? Um, that process, so um, it actually was, I didn't really know that I wanted to get up into the ring, though, up until I went to WrestleMania 29 live mm. uh, in MetLife Stadium. Um, I went there by myself as a fan and attended and watched the whole thing. And on the drive home, that's when I was like, I was in college and I was like, what am I doing? You know, uh, this was my dream always. Like, I just drove out here to be a part of that, you know, to watch WrestleMania. Um, I want to be a part of WrestleMania one day. So it was that, that drive home that made me realize, like, I want to be a professional wrestler. Was it just like the the was there anything particular on that show that that kind of hit hit that nail home for you? Oh man, um, I was a big Daniel Bryan fan, so like at that time, so seeing all the yes chants, he was with Kane at the time, uh, tag teaming, and like just seeing that ovation he got was just amazing. Like it was just, I would say the crowd presence to everyone, uh, to every superstar that there is and was that was there performing like um it just felt amazing you know like having like having a crowd just being a part of that crowd and seeing them play off that crowd and feel that like entertainment is something that i always know i wanted to be a part of so that feeling getting that there was like oh man that's amazing because i also did theater or you know i did theater in high school too so acting or sometime a form of entertainment was always in my interest professional wrestling just you know has my love so no i mean it, it makes sense like it's it's a perfect mixture of of a bunch of different worlds especially like in terms of just different sectors of entertainment so yeah it works out perfectly i'm curious is like it seems like not looking at the people that kind of in, inspired you or the moments that inspired you to get into the ring as well as the people that stand out to to you just from our conversation here in the current crop of, of that wrestle alongside you um yeah. it's a lot about identity it's a lot about yeah. um, a, a lot about bringing yourself to an audience that is endeared to you and you know i'm really glad that you're that you're starting to like step out and kind of em, like not necessarily embrace but incorporate more of that for yourself that in a way that is comfortable for you um thank you but yeah, definitely. But it also like speaks to like why I think we we've seen the rise in a bunch of uh the rise in like promotion of marginalized identities, you know, LGBTQ wrestlers of color, uh women's mm -hmm. wrestling in the past like 5 or so years. Um was that something that well, I guess first question first, like when did did you already identify as um as bisexual before you started training or or was that something on your mind whenever you were entering um training? Um as far so like when I was entering training I I was going through the identity of um being comfortable with myself. So um I did have that issue at first. I had it hidden from a lot of people, everyone, you know, so, um, once, I didn't know if, you know, like, wrestling would be where it's at now, you know, so open and inclusive of 
you know, LGBTQ and pro-black and, you know, just, but it's amazing to see it. Do you feel like um, pro wrestling kind of, uh, maybe not at the beginning, like you said, like you, whenever you kind of entered the ring, you were still like fairly closeted, but like, did you see pro wrestling as an avenue to be able to, like, even if you didn't want to, like, you know, come out per se just yet or like if you were still like kind of determined you know who you were did you see pro wrestling as a as a vessel or an outlet to try and explore that for yourself or to like showcase some of that under the guise of like a character per se um i'm i uh you know like it's weird to that you ask that because like i've never wanted to um never really thought about it in that way but i've always wanted to express me and just be me Mm -hmm. um in wrestling um but i feel like with all the uh you know negativity that was around when i came in it was hard to do that um i just i feel like with wrestling it's it's very it's crazy it's just crazy to me you know because Wrestling was such a dirty thing, and this is I'm thinking from 2014 to now as to how much has changed, because I feel like a lot has changed. I started in 2014 where, you know, it was still old school, if you say in a way, like very old school mentality um, with a lot of trainers and things like that. And uh, I just feel like a lot of people who went through the training of the old school ways are just like you know that was bullshit and now they're fighting against that and i feel like there are a lot of people who are all inclusive of everyone and just it's a different generation in wrestling definitely yeah yeah and it's interesting to think about that as like a different generation considering it's only been like six years exactly 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 yeah it's wild because yeah it's a whole different generation but it's only been six years like guys who started training six years ago are now training people you know so it's just like they're now breeding a new crop of wrestlers and generational wrestlers where they're gonna you know not have the ways of the old school style of or the old school mentality of you know how certain ways should be and should not be of just bullshit you know in my view yeah no definitely um so I'm curious, like you go through trading and obviously like there's definitely some, some, uh, <laughs> I think that there's, I, it feels like there might be some, some criticisms that you have with, with training as a whole, but, um, you definitely, you go through training and then you start getting, uh, getting out in the Pennsylvania scene and Pennsylvania has been at least for the past like decade or so, it's definitely been somewhat of a, of an indie hotbed. Um, even mm-hmm. I guess longer than that, if you go back to the ECW days. So, what was it like for you to f- start first start stepping out um, onto onto the stage post training, or I guess post like initial training there, and kind of getting um, in bed with the Pennsylvania scene? It started out like uh, late 2014. Uh, I would say early 2015, like uh, around April. Uh, I would say March or so, March to April around that time in 2015. I started to get booked a lot within Pennsylvania uh, with Grand Slam Wrestling, uh, Pennsylvania, like PPW Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling. And then I was doing some stuff upstate New York, too. So I was actually already getting booked out of the state, which was, you know, amazing to me because I set goals for myself 
you know, during training and uh, pre-training, post-training, and to wrestle out of state was one of the early ones, you know. So um, I got to wrestle a lot, though, in Pennsylvania from that time. Um, I was lucky to have a lot of people believe in me early on, you know, in that area, too. Mm. I'm sure that, like, having a a good um... – a good crop of, of promoters and, and wrestlers that believed in you there. There was a lot to help you support or help support yourself in that way, at least like in terms of confidence in the ring. So like you almost like immediately met a goal of yours, like, like right out of the gate, like you're getting booked outside of Pennsylvania um, and like checking that off. How did you, how did that make you feel to, to already see like things on your list being checked off as you were coming out of school? Um, it felt great, but at the same time, like, I wish, you know, I was a little bit more humble at the time because it was feeding, I would say, a little ego that I had at the time. And, you know, but not an ego, but just, you know, hungerness became a little bit of egoness once the achievements came. So I had to, like, start, you know, realizing um, who, who I was, you know what I mean? Hmm. Was there a specific moment that kind of like made you like kind of step back and and look at what oh. how you were being perceived or how you were perceiving yourself there? Yep, yep. So uh, it was when I moved out to California, which probably will be your next step. But definitely when I moved out to California, um, that's when I was like, well, let me. Uh, I, it wasn't great, you know. Like I realized I wasn't as good as I thought. Hmm. Well, you know, let's get to California real quick, because like that, obviously, that's been your next big step in your career. Um, what what led to you moving to to Los Angeles? Um, so it was like a real shoot job, a real like a uh, like real job transfer. Ah, okay. I was doing insurance. Yeah, I was doing insurance, and they were just like, "Hey, wanna uh, we have a spot open in California? Anyone want to fill it?" And I was like, "Sure, I will." <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> got up and went. Now, how familiar had you been with the the wrestling scene in in Southern California at the time prior to moving? Oh, not good at all. Um, didn't really know much about it, honestly. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 an interesting region, I would say. I mean, obviously, like Northern California, you have like you know all pro. And, and Hood Slam and a number of other in uh, prominent indies there, but like in in LA, like outside of maybe like Santino Bros or uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, like there, you just don't really hear a lot about the LA scene. But it, it seems to be like definitely growing in in the past uh, decade or so. What was it like for you to just first start kind of getting um like getting into the LA scene and get it in understanding what you wanted to do in the LA, in the LA wrestling scene. Um, it was what, like, uh, I would say after the whole WB experience, like wanting to be more trained and, uh, wanting to be better. Cause then, you know, LA became a hotbed. SoCal all became a hotbed for wrestling. And, uh, that's where a lot of people were coming, breaking out of. So, and a lot of eyes were on there. So I was like, you know, I, I definitely have to make myself down there. Yeah, and, and interesting that you bring up the WWE thing because I wanted to ask you about that. Obviously, you made a couple of appearances for, for WWE television in, in 2018. Um, I believe one, 
you have the match with Lars Sullivan on NXT, and then you actually, I can say this, and, and I'm, I don't know if this is a feather in your cap or not, but you do have a pinfall victory over Shane McMahon and The Miz um, in a tag team action <laughs> um, after, after, after a SmackDown appearance there. I do, I do, with the help of uh, Eli Everfly. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the, the Bryant brothers, was that the, the, the name? <laughs> Yeah, it was the Brian brothers they gave us to Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear your experience of, of with that because you know a, a lot of indie uh wrestling talent the you know you make like the extra appearances on on WWE programming and that sort of thing whenever <laughs> WWE did run cross country. Um so I'm curious to hear about that experience for you. What was it like being uh backstage at WWE and and having that experience? Oh, uh, it was a dream come true, honestly. It was a uh eye opening experience too, you know. Um it was just uh, like it was when what you're doing for so long seemed like fun and then you get there and it's like you realize it's a business and it's work. You know? Mm. Um, like just I just like when I got there it was like, oh, this is actually a corporation and a business, you know, like you get there and it's straight down to business. Um, but that's what made me even more focused and hungrier on it. Um, you know, it was like looking at it in that way. And cause you kind of get caught up and you doing indie wrestling and you all see it as being fun and doing it for doing it. And don't think about the next, you sometimes well with me at least, forget the next level, you know, get lost up in what you're doing. And that was a big eye opener for me with being there backstage at WWE was to realize, you know, it's a work, it's work. It's, it's not fun and games. So how did you ultimately like change your approach coming out of that experience? Um, after that, I, you know, Taking no as an answer was not no more. Um, I have to make it, you know. Like, that's even going through this whole quarantine thing. And now is just how I'm feeling now. is like I have to make it. Uh, no is not going to be an answer. I have to keep on knocking on people's doors. I have to keep keep on doing what I have to do to knock them down. Mm. And uh, it's just that's that's how I felt afterwards. And that's what, you know made me move to LA, you know, made me fight to want to like just throw everything I knew away and just restart new down here. So it's, it's that right there. I mean, it's a big step. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of stress and, you know, struggle, but that's what helps motivate and push. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so I'm curious um, just to to come back to our our buy plus awareness uh, month here on the show. When did you um, start? When did you start kind of like realizing your your bisexual identity? Um, and when did that start? Kind of when did you start feeling like that could be something that you could tie to um, your wrestling career? Um. So I started feeling, you know. Early ages, when I was young, about I would say like I would say about fourteen or fifteen, where 
I was just like, okay, I have, I've always had an interest in women, but an interest in men evolved then. And then I was in a relationship with a woman for a while. And then afterwards, I was just like, you know, I think I might be this bisexual, you know? So then from then on, I, you know, have come to terms and have accepted it with open arms. I am bisexual, you know? So it's great. And that's something that, I didn't realize a power I could have in wrestling to help spread awareness of bisexual and, you know, be someone of bisexuality up until recent. Um, you know, even when I came out during wrestling, um, while I was wrestling in my wrestling career, I kind of came out and then just pushed it aside. It was just like, okay, well, everyone knows now. Uh, you guys call, I'll be okay with it. Or if you're not okay with it, then whatever. I don't care. But there you go. You know, it was kind of like that. Um, I felt like I didn't really do anything with it at that time. I Or I didn't think I could, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, it was still, still early on before a lot of people were starting to come out. You know, like I like to, um, Matt Cage, um, he's a professional wrestler who's retired now. Um, he's actually one of the first professional wrestlers to come out as, you know, gay, um, and have something big, a big story on it. Um, so he's actually who I reached out to, to have help and to come out and, you know, like, and I feel like at that time you came out to show that you were strong, but you kind of were like, all right, that's me. And you guys all know it. And you didn't really know the impact that you could have on people. And I don't think, like, just bringing up Matt, I don't think he knew how much impact he had on people up until he helped me to come out, you know? So I feel like it's just a helping hand. Now, it's interesting, like, that you had that, that process there because I think there's, obviously, with the, the the increase in LGBTQ identities, you also see the increase in, like, the different approaches that you have. You know, you have mm-hmm. you have plenty of wrestlers who completely, like, integrate their their identity into their character in in differing ways you have others that are like like your initial approach where like yes i i'm bisexual but in like in the ring like that doesn't matter you know it's very much Mm -hmm. i'm very straightforward with that approach um was whenever even though you had that initial idea of just like i said it take it or leave it that's who i am and not really bringing that or like focusing on that um in any real form in in the performance of of pro wrestling or anything like that. Um, Was that something that you like wanted to have at that stage? Like you wanted to showcase your identity in in that way, but just just thought that it wasn't something that you should do or like, what was the, what was the process for you to like really come to terms with what you wanted to implement? Um, It's funny that you say that because, uh, you know, like, I've always wanted to. I just, I was, felt like the character I was doing at the time, the all that gimmick and with the orange soda. I, I mean, I'm still doing all, I am all that. But as far as the Nickelodeon gimmick I was doing with my character, felt like uh, that was just something that I couldn't really try to switch up and try to incorporate, you know, my real-life sexuality with because of my gimmick was so... Uh, I wouldn't say child, it was a childish, you know, friendly gimmick. So it would be hard then to try to throw a sexuality into it as well. 
you know so i feel like that's where i i did struggle at back then and now when was the the first time that you really felt like comfortable pushing that into your wrestling character comfortable pushing into my wrestling character hmm. <laughs> um i would say i was comfortable not up until this year um or last oh. year i would say i would say last year yeah um I was still like doing, uh, I was still doing just, you know, your basic Nickelodeon gimmick. And up until earlier this year, or I think I was just like, you know, I need to be me. Up until moving to Los Angeles, you know, mm-hmm. moving to Southern California, I was just like, you know, I've tried this for so long. I need to just be me. And if, you know, being me is that bisexual person, and that that is a part of me. So that is going to be a part of my gimmick, you know. I won't yeah. make it everything for my gimmick, but it is um it's part of it, and it is who I am, and it is has helped because I do have a little thing being called a bisexual king, so you know I have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask like whenever that whenever that first started because like that's it's picture it's a picture perfect nickname. For you, <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it, it was- works. <laughs> it was a random comment just thrown at me on Twitter one day, and I was just like, "Whoa, I love this!" <laughs> like, thank you, whoever sent that to me. Like, I am. <laughs> so, yeah. So, God, yeah. sometimes the best things are just organic, like that. Exactly. Exactly. So then I was just like, I started, you know, throwing off was like once referred to as a bisexual king, but like. Now I'm just like, you know, I am one. So it's not even being referred to as one. Like, I am one now, you know? <laughs> so what has been uh, the response so far from from seeing, like, this, tra- like, not necessarily a transition, but, like, you know, this evolution and, and all that from, like, you're also all, you're all that, but you're also bisexual king now. Like, what what's the response <laughs> yeah. from from fans, from, like, other wrestlers, promotions? Like, what have, what is what has been um, uh, the response that you've seen from this move? They, uh, people, I feel like, are happy with it, or they're just not saying anything about it, either or. I feel like the people who don't really care for it right now aren't saying anything about it and are just keeping quiet, which is okay. But the people who are loving it are showing their support for it, and they're being very vocal about it. Like, and with the likes and the love that I am receiving, like, I do greatly appreciate it. I, it's a big change, you know. It's been great. No, definitely. I, I'm, I've been very excited to see it, just because you know, um, I think a major issue for for a lot of. Uh, by identifying people or even like moving like even more into other identities, you know, pan or, or anything like that is that um, so many people look at um, those identities as like quote unquote stepping stone, you know, yeah. like it's, it's in people are so quick to identify someone as like gay or straight and just putting the name out front, like, like yes, I'm a I'm a queer character, but I'm not just I'm not not automatically gay. Not uh, like I am bisexual, and you should address me as such. You know, like mm-hmm. and I think it, it does a lot to address uh, the bi erasure issue that that you know movements like the bi awareness movement are trying to um, eradicate in a way. 
No, I agree. I definitely agree because, like, I feel like a lot of wrestlers who do express their sexuality, it starts to become them, and they get lost in it, and they don't know how to change it or anything. Um, you know, like, I would say a good example, like, a good example of someone who's getting older that um, within their character is Sonny Kiss, which is a really good friend of mine, but as a fan AEW, you know, like, just show him that, you know, he's more than his sexuality, and it's amazing. Yes, definitely. Great example. And not only that, just like, and in other ways, like, Sonny out there, like, you know, putting gender fluidity on the on the tongues of people as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. being, like, mm-hmm. just introducing new aspects of the LGBTQ spectrum to, to communities that, you know, either didn't realize that they were there or didn't really understand them because they didn't have you know, an example to look to or, or anything really to to point to when it comes to that. So, right, and yeah, that's, yeah. yeah and, and that's one reason why I really like what, what you've been doing is because, you know, while, you know, off air before we got on, we were talking about the, the lack of, of bisexual representation in pro wrestling, but, you know, more and more we're seeing people that, like yourself, that are like putting that identity to the forefront. Like it's not just, lgbtq it's really boiling down to where you see yourself within that spectrum um and obviously like you know the argument for labels can be made about and and that sort of thing and there are some people that defy these sort of classifications i would say but even then like they can be very very fluid but just the fact Mm -hmm. that you're putting that that word on yourself and putting yourself out there is like this this is who i am i think is doing a lot to um provide representation for a number of uh fans in that community that really don't feel not just in pro, don't feel represented just in pro wrestling but in a lot of pop culture in general yeah yeah no exactly i agree on that 100 percent. how's the response been from from fans for yourself i know you said like there's a lot of a lot of activity on social media for you but um have you had anybody kind of reach out to you like who also identifies as bi or bi plus in any way that is like pointed to you as someone that is um, kind of help them find validation. Um, I have actually, and it felt it was really good. Like a couple of years ago, another wrestler had messaged me about you know them being bisexual and them having an easier time with it because of you know they have followed me and seen me be vocal about it and just hearing that it's great because you know i was in the same exact spot you know going to someone else with advice so it just it feels really it's been great to be that person to give advice and just talk to that person be like yo it's okay like you're gonna be good you know it's 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 interesting like to see the cycles there like the same way we talked about the the generational cycle and how it's speeding up like to see that that cycle there where like just very shortly after you're having your own experience of of like self-discovery like you have you're able to help other people with their own identities and, and finding who they are and really like exploring who they are as a person as an individual that's really awesome to hear Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I just, you know, like we said earlier on in this talk, like we just, you know, like bisexuals aren't really talked about or aren't really included at all. 
in the wrestling or in the LGBT community. So it's just great to be able to talk with people who feel the same way and are able to express this and, you know, have people realize this, like, we are out there and we're fucking valid, you know, like, we're valid, like, mm. just because you don't understand our feelings doesn't mean we're nothing less than you. So, looking forward, um, how do you feel, like, obviously there's been, a, the change has been starting to happen where the, that validation is becoming more and more prevalent, um, but obviously still has not a good ways to go like any other um cultural movement there um yeah what do you see as the next step for for that validation to continue to increase and and improve and and to see other people within the industry really feel comfortable identifying fully with with who they are um i would say there would be a lot of understanding from people as well there needs to be a lot of speaking out about it so more of you know me being if i have to be the front lines person of bisexuality to be out there and speak about it like i am but i feel like we need a lot more people to be comfortable with themselves and then to be able to be comfortable to speak about it um because i feel like a lot of people aren't comfortable with speaking about being bisexual because there isn't a lot to be heard about it you know or it's just i feel like bisexuality is still seen as a taboo thing Mm. and it's not you know it's not at all it's definitely or you know or even you know bi or bi because even something i've come to start to even over quarantine it's like am i bi pan you know am i starting to identify as a bi pan you know so you know with your sexuality is always you know always you know evolving but you're always curious about it, you know, so I feel, or you're always thinking about it, or you don't really know. So people who are in this position where they're bi- bisexual and they don't know how to feel because it's, you know, very strange and uncomfortable and not spoken about, they don't know whether they're gay or they don't know whether they're straight, you know, but they don't want to label themselves as bisexual. So it just puts them in this place of state where they don't deserve to be, you know, just mm-hmm. be happy and be happy with yourself. Oh, could have said it better myself. That's, that's <laughs> exactly where it needs to be. That's exactly where it needs exactly. to be. Um, so I'm curious, like getting back to to you know wrestling for you. Um, obviously, pandemic it's gonna keep going until it it something happens here and and things get back to where everyone can run safely again. Um. I'm curious, like looking forward for you, like what do you what do you still feel like you need or want to accomplish in pro wrestling, and and what's the the first thing that you want to do once you're able to get back um, into the mix of things? Um, I would like to say I need a following, a very hard, strong following from fans that you know will support me a hundred percent of the way, and just you know appreciate me for me and realize you know. I'm one of the good guys out there. Um, you know, there's over this quarantine, you have come to see that there are a lot of scum in the wrestling business who have been exposed, and I'm grateful for that, you know. Um, so I would love to have fans back me, you know, and support me and gain a following and hope that following could then get me a contract somewhere. That's the next step coming out of here, you know, 
quarantine is uh, hoping I could get that. And then to work on that, wrestling-wise, I would need to have a fantastic matchup, I would say. A matchup where I could be on me, and it would be a singles matchup of me versus someone who's already, you know, put on the map that could help put me on the map. Mm. Who do you see that person being? Like, if you, like... Throw throw um, any anything out of sight. Like who who would you want that to be? I always say two people. Um, I would say Tony Duffin and Chris Bay right now because those are two people I I speak with, you know, and I know well, and I just know I could hang with them, you know. And a lot of people look up to them. A lot of people, you know, see them as the next big thing. So then it's like. If I could show people I could hang with them, then you know I could be looked at that way too. I I would slap down my money right now to see you and Chris Bay. Oh like, man, thank immediately. you. <laughs> immediately. I've been trying to that for a long time, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, you never know what happens down the line. Pandemic, obviously, we've seen uh, the the pandemic, you know, and everything around it. A bunch of other things around it, like you said, that, that we've seen a lot of upheaval, a lot of change. Um, in, mm-hmm. in pro wrestling, so like anything's possible coming out of this, and, and I really hope yeah. that, that that happens for you there. And not just saying that selfishly because I live very close to where Without a Cause runs, and I know like the wrestle up there. <laughs> Without a Cause was supposed to be somewhere I was supposed to be, you know, at right now. If this pandemic didn't happen, then it's heartbreaking. Well, hopefully that can happen once everything lifts and, and we're able to get back to, like, you know, not necessarily quote-unquote normal, but, you know, normal enough, you know. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so I'll be looking forward to that personally um, and also for you as well because I think that – I don't know. That that would be an awesome opportunity for you to get to wrestle somebody of that caliber, um, especially for a company that's that is run extremely well up here. Um, yeah, so I guess – we're winding down here. Um, I guess, you know, a lot of the focus for by plus awareness week as it's running, but on the show, we're, we're doing the whole month because, you know, it's my show and we can, um, <laughs> I, I'm curious, a lot of the focus. Oh yeah. A, a lot of focus there is, is with the, with the week itself is like reaching out to LGBTQ youth, um, and, and by set by plus youth, um, that, you know, are dealing a, I'd say more, not necessarily more so, but like they're they're definitely dealing with these these questions of, of validity, um, and I'd say a much more like you know for a, a lot of people a lot more emotional a much more emotionally volatile um, setting. You know, um, what would be your message to the the bi plus youth of the world that might be listening? I would say what I said before, uh, kind of, because I think it's important is just be, be you, um, be comfortable with you, who you are. And just speaking these words is hard to say because, you know, I struggle with having to think these. So, you know, reiterating and saying these are even helping me. So, you know, I would hope that these words will help anyone else is just be comfortable with who you are and never forget who you are and unapologetically be you, you know, like, um, you're valid, you know, like, you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. 
to if they question you or anything because you know who you are and you know what you like you know what you love you know you're you're unique you're that unique person that you're so comfortable with yourself that people question you you know so never forget that if there's anyone who's out there listening who's young going through it you know just be you every day and fight through it Definitely. And of course, if anybody does question that validity, you have uh, your bisexual king to come to to uh, (laughs) help you fight that battle for yourself. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Kita, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Let everybody know where they can find you online. Oh, definitely. Um, Kita, your heart, because the bi king is always the key to your heart. Um, so it's K-E-I-T-A and then Y-O-U-R and then H-E-A-R-T. Um, that's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. That's, uh, Facebook. I'm Keita Murray, uh, K-E-I-T-A, Murray, A-Y. And yeah, that's everywhere you can find me at for it right now. Do you have any, like, any, uh, merch sites or anything? Um, right now, I am getting a couple of designs up on Pro Wrestling Tees, so look me up on that, Pro Wrestling Tees. I do have some merch of my own. You can reach out to me personally to uh, get information on that, and then sizes you need or anything. Awesome. Awesome. You know, well, definitely, everybody needs to check that out. Pandemic has me struggled. You know, we had a new batch of shirts ready to be out, and then the pandemic hit, so oh. we have those if anyone wants to grab <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep sitting on that stock. You gotta move it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keto. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Ryan. My thanks once again to Keto Murray for uh, coming on the show and, and sharing his experiences. Um, I think that Keto is someone who is definitely on the rise and and while we haven't really had a ton of pro wrestling come back on the west coast here um you know it's starting to ramp up a bit uh in the east coast and the midwest there and and hopefully keto will have a chance to um get back in the ring more often here coming up uh, and showcase what he wants to do and and who he is and that's that's what pro wrestling is as a stage for you to express who you are who you uh, want to be who you believe yourself to be and show yourself to people that need to see that for various reasons. Everybody has a reason, but that's the beautiful thing about representation. And that's why I have enjoyed continuing by plus awareness here on the show for this week. And of course we will wrap that up on next week's show. Uh, I know it's October 1st is our next show, but We can bleed over just a little bit. I think it's okay. And we'll do just that then. But uh, I think that's all for this week here. Uh, But of course, I guess not technically, because we do have to say some big thank yous to people that help make this show as rad as it is. You can follow me on Twitter at WonderboyOTM. Follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. The Progress Pride Flag Design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. And of course, a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band. You can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. 
Um, also, if you want to check out some of the rad independent wrestling that's been happening um, amid the, the pandemic, or uh, as safe as it can be amid the pandemic, or just catch up on some uh, some classic stuff, you can always go over to independentwrestling.tv and check out their uh, bevy of content that they have there, all kinds of independent pro wrestling stuff there. Um, and you can get a five-day free trial uh, by using our promo code LGBTRingPod, or you can go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT. Do that, get your five-day free trial, check out all the fun stuff there, and then decide if you want to subscribe. Um, it's it's a great value and all kinds of great stuff on there. Uh, something for everyone's taste, I would say. And of course, if you are into video games as well, I host a, or co-host rather, a gaming news show every Monday um, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is called the Mr. Video Game Super Show. Me and a couple of my close friends and fellow Twitch streamers, we get together um, over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment, sun like the star, and just chat about the week's gaming news. Um, you know, have some fun where we can, give analysis and critique where we need to. Um, all around, it's just a informative blast of gaming information, um, and yeah, it's just I, we have fun every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Twitch.tv/deadsunentertainment. You will not be disappointed. Um, yeah, so I think that's gonna do it for us here today. Um, but until next week, y'all stay messy. Please wash your hands and wear your mask. Injustice for Breonna Taylor. <laughs>